Podcasters, it's On the Shelf, the podcast that celebrates all of the young adult novels that we love on our shelves. Presented by the Teen Advisory Board of NC Raleigh's Quail Ridge Books, the home for all of your literary needs. Hi, On the Shelf listeners. We are so excited to bring you today's episode because we are interviewing Lindsay Ely, the author of the amazing Gunslinger Girl, as well as her newest book that came out this June called Deadlock Rebels, which is a collaboration with the Overwatch video game. We hope you enjoy this episode and we cannot wait to share it with you. Hello, everybody. We have um, something really fun. We have an author interview with the one and only Lindsay Ely. We've done a couple of these in the past and they've all been super fun and we're, we're all super excited. Um, I am your host for this episode, Honora. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it. I'm going to start it off. Um, to start, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work? Sure. Um, my name is, like you said, Lindsay Ely. Um, I am a YA writer and my debut, Gunslinger Girl, came out in um, 2018 from Jimmy Patterson, um, Little Brown. And uh, more recently, my second book, um, a tie-in with the Overwatch video game, um, which is called Deadlock Rebels, came out uh, just this past uh, June 1st. Um, I've been writing for pretty much as long as I can remember, uh, mostly YA. Um, would love to branch out to maybe into some adult and middle grade someday too. Um, I live in the Boston area and uh, pre-pandemic, you could usually find me lurking around their local bookstores or the local sci-fi fantasy gaming conventions because I'm also a huge geek and I can't wait to get to back to lurking in the video game or, or lurking in the uh, cons and the bookstores again. Hi guys, it's Jada. Um, I'm going to be asking Miss Lindsay the next question. And again, Miss Lindsay, I just want to thank you so much for coming. Um, this this is actually my first author interview, so I'm extremely um, excited. But my question for you today is, what does your writing process look like? Like, do you get into like a certain mindset in order to write your novels? Do you have any specific rituals that you do? Just kind of like, what do you do to get into the mindset of writing a novel? Sure. Um, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I, I see a lot of other authors talking about their process like on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. And it made me kind of think of my own and I've, I've kind of come to realize that it, um, it's very chaotic um, or would, would be considered very chaotic by a lot of people. Um, I, I kind of just, I don't do much in the way of outlining. I do very minimal note taking. Um, I kind of just dive in and see what happens sometimes before I even have like the full story in mind. Um, I use one master file. I don't even like use versions or anything. I am just like, if it if it works, it gets gets in there. If it doesn't, it usually gets cut. Like it just goes into the ether. So um, it's a little messy, um, and sometimes it that's hard to sort of work through scenes. But um, I've also found that some of my best ideas come um, when I'm just sort of like letting stuff flow naturally. Um, though I'll admit that I am trying to learn to outline um, more effectively because I. I, I hope that might help cut down on rewrites <laughs> in the future. Um, Cause I do find that very often I'll end up rewriting 50, 60, 70% of a first draft um, to make it, you know, kind of get it where it needs to go. That's very interesting that, I don't know, that I, it's interesting to hear how people like um, prepare books and things. And my cut question kind of goes 
a little bit into that with just kind of like the research because Gunslinger Girl is that like dystopian Western type of book. I loved it. It was so good. But, and then I was also with like Deadlock Rebels being, you know, with the video game, I was just wondering what kind of research, if any, like went into those books, like in preparation. Um, and did you kind of have to take a lot of time to kind of research, even like with Deadlock Rebels, like the video game or, or that kind of thing before you wrote? Yeah. Um, I, I do remember sort of when I started writing Gunslinger Girl, there was that moment where I was like, do I want to write this as like a historical Western or as like a futuristic Western? And I was like, definitely future Western. I, I don't want to be tied into uh, you know, those historical accuracies. I don't want to hear anybody tell me that there was a, wasn't a girl gunslinger in whatever 1800s. Like, I just didn't want to hear that. So um, I kind of decided to go with the dystopian. Um, for that one, I didn't have to do a lot of like, a lot of research, except on sort of like, sort of like some fine point levels. Um, like I was researching things like Wild West shows um, because the book draws very heavily on Wild West shows, which were very, um, were meant to depict the Wild West, but were actually very inaccurate. And so the book also sort of does that where it's, wild west but not a very like it's not it's not the accurate wild west so i did a lot of research on that um you know characters like or um you know historical figures like annie oakley who were in those uh uh wild west shows um wild bill um you know things like that just some of you know some of the like nuances to that um you know i also did a little uh research on things like um uh like like guns like uh revolvers um because I really kind of wanted to do some, you know, do have some nice descriptions of revolvers in the book. Um, I don't know if anyone's been to the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, they have a really nice collection of um, like very fancy, very like upscale uh, revolvers from like the late 1800s, which are very cool to look at. And some of them were like really beautiful, like made by Tiffany, things like that. So I was kind of did some research on, um, on those levels to, uh, for that sort of thing. Um, for Gunslinger Girl. Yeah, for Deadlock Rebels, it was completely different. Um, that was less of researching things about Westerns and really more about researching the Overwatch world, which um, I knew about, but wasn't super familiar about with. Um, so I did a lot of like watching um, their, their animated cinematics that they put out. I watched like all of them, um, watched gameplay on YouTube, um, read the first novel, The Hero of Nambani, um, to kind of get, get a vibe of like what they were looking for, for, you know, YA Overwatch. Um, and then I read a lot of the just Overwatch wiki fan pages, just like, you know, page after page after page, just looking for like, um, just little details about the world and stuff like that. Um, that one was interesting because I actually ended up having to do sort of a lot of research with the game team because um, of where the novel is set in the universe's timeline it's it's set after overwatch takes place uh, after this big war um but the game takes place about 20 years i think well i'm trying to do the math in my head <laughs> about 20 25 years after the war is the contemporary game time and this book takes place just a couple of years after the war so there wasn't a lot of material in the universe at that time um yet so that was that took a little research to sort of figure out how the universe would look um, what the world would still be uh, kind of like dealing with in the aftermath of the war and things like that. So there's a lot of questions for the game team in terms of research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I think 
the idea of doing a tie-in for something like that seems like it would require a lot of research because you really have to get it right. But um, kind of moving from the more uh, directed research just into sort of general influences, were there any um, YA books or just books in general that influenced you um, in Gunslinger Girl or Deadlock Rebels? Because I mean, I thought I have not read Deadlock Rebels, but I did read Gunslinger Girl and I thought it was very unique. But I mean, you know, I could still see um, you know, things that you've um, sort of woven that were sort of general dystopic um, ideas. And so I was just interested, do you read a lot of dystopia? You know, how did you um, get ideas from other books? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we all threw in, went, kind of went into the dystopian phase. What was it like, I was gonna say, that I gotta got credit Hunger Games. Like I can't like pretend that I have never read the Hunger Games and that they weren't like an inspiration because they were great, those are great books. Um, I, I really think they're, they're more nuanced um, than they usually get credit for um, in terms of some of the topics they address. Um, so those were great books to read. Those were definitely an influence. Um, I particularly liked from, from the Hunger Games books, the um, sort of the dichotomy of the world where it's both really dangerous and really gritty. And like, there's a lot of people just trying to survive. And then there's other parts that are just ridiculously decadent um, where people are just like, have no problems they're just like you know living living great lives no problems and I loved how those two things could uh, sort of exist simultaneously in the world and that's kind of one of my favorite um sort of like elements of a dystopia like that shows up in a lot of dystopias um like you know like Blade Runner or um I'm thinking even like Cowboy Bebop which is another one of like my my favorite western influences which is a space western but you know has a lot of those sort of like levels of some people have a lot and some people have little and um that makes for some really you know great universe in universe dynamics um i can't think of any other like major dystopian books that influenced me but definitely like shows like i said like cowboy bebop um briscoe county jr which is kind of an old an old steampunk western that was only on the air for a couple of years back in like the 90s is a big influence of mine and um in the in the sort of manner that uh, it mixed western and steampunk together, and and I liked, I think I just like kind of latched onto that mixing of western with other genres. Like I really got into that. Um, so when the concept of like the dystopian western kind of came up or like occurred to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I got I got to do that. That that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and I mean, I just think. I just loved the idea of the Western dystopian. I'd never heard of it before. And I, the whole time I was just thinking, oh, this is so cool because I mean, there are so many like little aspects of just the ambiance that felt so Western, but I couldn't really pinpoint, you know, I could pinpoint general, but just even in the dialogue and the way that the characters interacted, you know, I thought it was really cool. But um, another thing I thought was really, really cool about Gunslinger Girl was the names of the characters and they all seemed to be really well thought out and, um, so I was just kind of curious, you know, how did you come up with your names for characters? Because some of them definitely seemed, especially like Serendipity, um, you know, her name, the idea that her nickname is Pity, but she's also called Serendipity, like that dichotomy was really cool. So where did you get the ideas for that sort of thing? And did you think a lot about the names? Yeah, I wish I could remember when, when Pity first like occurred to me I had this feeling like I just sort of like saw the name serendipity and you know like saw pity at the end I'm like oh that'd be a great nickname and then boom just that's got to be a character at some point um but I honestly can't remember exactly exactly how it came about 
Um, the other characters I do remember sort of going through, uh, just like researching like traditionally like sort of Western names or names that had like slightly Western feels to them. Because um, I, I absolutely like love naming uh, characters. I think it's it's very often a chance to sort of uh, tell your audience a little something about them in a weird, subtle way. Um, like even going back to the Hunger Games, I love the Hunger Games and how um, Suzanne Collins names a lot of the characters, uh, not necessarily to like the world, like the places that they come from, but like, like for example, the name Clove sounds really sweet and innocent, but it's given to one of the vicious characters. And like, that just gives them a whole completely different sort of like disconcerting vibe from the beginning. Um, and I really liked how the names like contributed to the characterization. Um, so that was kind of the same thing as going for something similar, um, but getting sort of like that Western, um, either names that had an, like a sort of um, inherent Western vibe to them, like Garland is very sort of like a Western-y name um, that you'd find in like old movies um, or felt like it would be a natural name to be put into a Western setting. But also just a little bit silly. It's fun to it's fun to be a little bit like crazy with names sometimes, and and it's just more memorable for the characters. <laughs> yeah, like it's so fun when there's like a bigger meaning behind it, or like when it ties into something. Um, I remember when I was reading and I saw cessation as like the town name, and how everyone described it as like the end of the line. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like it kind of ties together. Um, but I was kind of wondering uh, when I was reading, were there any moments um, when you were writing either of your books where um, you were developing the characters or the plot or just kind of the overall story and its elements? Were there any moments where you kind of made a big change or you rethought how something was going to go? And how did it kind of come about? Like, how do you decide this is really the way that I want to take these parts of the story? Yeah, actually, um, Gunslinger, Gunslinger Girl actually, when it was sold, was sold on contingent for a fairly significant change um, to the plot. So the original version, um, like I've, I've actually forgotten some of the exact details because it's been a while now, um, but there was like a very particular like shift in dynamic between a couple of the characters that the editor wanted. Um, and it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I kind of like thought it through, I'm like, yeah, okay, this this could work. This isn't, you know, it's, it wasn't a big change to the plot. It wasn't a big change to the characters at all. It was just sort of like a, a change in the dynamics between them. So um, she requested it and I agreed that it would work. And we kind of like, um, you know, talked it through. And um, in the end, I actually li like kind of liked the story better with the change. Um, it took a little bit of work to get it to that point though. I definitely remember doing the first round of edits and her being like, no, this isn't, this isn't quite there yet. You still, they still need some work to get it away from what it used to be and get it to where it needs to be. Um, and I remember sort of rushing, not rushing through a, an edit, but I had a fairly quick turnaround edit on one of, one of the rounds to the point where I was like, oh my God, this is like the fastest deadline I've ever had to do. Um, but it was, it was fun because, you know, like I said, I, I do think it was a, a good change for the story in the end. The only problem with those changes is sometimes they they sound like small changes and then you realize oh this actually touches like two-thirds of the chapters in the book like you have to go through and like make sure that every every little instance where you have to make sure the vibe like you know continues and, and is uh consistent throughout the book and sometimes that can take a lot of time to do <laughs> very cool um 
Okay, so I'll be asking the next couple questions. So your new book, Deadlock Rebels, just came out um, like 13, two weeks ago, just came out. Um, and I think you kind of touched on this already. So I'm sorry if this is a repeat, but what was the overall difference of writing a book that was like a collab, whereas writing one where you controlled the whole universe? And it was definitely different. Um, I had never done this before. This is the first time I had done any sort of collaboration with anybody. I don't even really collaborate with my writer friends. Um, I'm very sort of like independent and, and, you know, sometimes I'm afraid I don't play well with others. And that was one of those things where I was actually getting into this was a big, you know, I was afraid that it would be a challenge, like working with a team, working with um, existing characters in an existing universe. Um, but actually I had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, I had been, I've been writing during the pandemic pretty consistently, but I read it that about the time that I got the uh, interest from the publisher to write this book, I was kind of floundering. I had sort of finished something it had gone out on sub for, and I'd been trying like working for a couple months on something new and just like nothing was, nothing was rolling along. So um, when we got, when I got the chance to do this and they sort of handed me, um, a like a an outline for the story um it kind of was it kind of ended up being the perfect book to be writing during the pandemic it took a lot of pressure off to do a lot of the um figuring out characters figuring out setting figuring out plot and just kind of like gave me some bones to work with and all I had to do after that was really kind of flesh it out and that's that ended up being really really fun um so um I was actually it was it, it sounds like, like, um, or like initially I thought like, are they going to give me like all of the, you know, everything that I need to do? Like, is this going to be a really, really detailed outline? And it actually wasn't, um, which surprised me. So uh, it was really kind of fun and interesting to be able to sort of take what existed, um, these pre-existing characters and um, kind of, uh, kind of like really get to flesh out this whole story. And um, I was a, I was really surprised at how much kind of like room and leeway there was to sort of um, really build the setting, um, really build these places that didn't exist so far in this in the in the Overwatch universe, um, construct new characters that hadn't existed in the universe yet, and um, even like pull in existing um, details from the world and kind of like give them a backstory. Uh, there were actually a lot of ideas that I expected to get shot down on, and that, that like I totally got to stay in the book and, and like even expand on. So that was a little bit of a surprise, but um, it was it was a lot of fun to do. And um, like, I hope I get to do it again, actually. <laughs> um, it actually, for me, what ended up being kind of a, a little bit of like a, not a dream project specifically working with Overwatch, but I kind of got into writing from reading comic books. And I'd already so, always sort of dreamed of like writing and drawing for comic books, which are, you know, of course set in pre-existing universes with pre-existing characters. So like, this feels like the first time I really got to do the thing that I kind of got into writing to do. So that was really cool too. That's awesome. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned like getting into writing with comic books and stuff. And I'm wondering just with another question, just to pop in here, um, was writing something that you always kind of wanted to do um, like as a career and I guess like was there like a moment that you thought you know this is what I really want to do and just kind of how how your interest in writing came about is is something that I kind of wanted to, to learn more about yeah no totally um it's a it's a weird question to answer because because I I've been reading books like literally as long as I can remember 
Um, so I remember books that I loved that kind of not necessarily made me want to write. I'm not sure, like, like I was young enough to not really know what a writer was, I feel like, by the, but when I got into books, by the time I was reading books. Um, and I also wanted to do art. So when I found like comic books, I started getting really into both the drawing and the writing side of it. So like, I loved creating characters. I loved creating worlds and stories. Um, and I tried to do the art and I actually um, uh, ended up going to art school, um, which is what I, my, my day job, my non-writer job is a, as a graphic designer, um, as an art director. And uh, so I ended up doing kind of the art side of things, um, but sort of as I was in art school, I really sort of learned um, that I can't draw <laughs> and that there was no way that I was ever going to be a viable comic book artist in, in my lifetime. It just was not going to happen. Um, so then I sort of moved on to the, the writing side of things. And, um, you know, it was, it was very, you know, it was very much like a little bit of a hobby, something I sort of always imagined doing. Um, but it wasn't until I took a writing course um, I used to live in Rochester, New York, and there's this wonderful little uh, like writers cooperative called Writers and Books, where they offered a lot of classes. And one of them was um, writing science fiction and fantasy. And so I took this class and it was great. It was just one of those things that finally uh, took the sort of idea of writing stories and writing books and A, taught me how to do it better. Um, and B also taught me more about the business of it. So I learned about things like agents and how to submit like a story someplace or some, um, you know, submit stuff um, and how does, you know, how does publishing work and things like that. And um, then, even, then even after that, I actually ended up working at a publishing house in Boston for 10 years. Um, so I learned even more about that. So um, the idea of becoming a writer, it, it, it took a very, very long time to come to fruition. Um, so, yeah, like you just, you know, sometimes it comes, it does very slow, but I've, you know, it's one of those, like, it's always been the dream, but it always hasn't been like the, the dream that's right in the forefront. So more now, like in the last like five or 10 years, it's been the, the dream. And so I'm, I'm very excited to like have a couple books out in the world now. Very cool. Um, yeah. So sorry to go off script a little bit, but I just, thought of a couple questions before we get into our sort of big final one. I hope that is okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, also comic books. I'm a big comic book fan and that whole thing is very difficult. Drawing is hard. It's, you know what, I can do the, I can do the people. I got, to, I got pretty good with the people. I just flamed out on perspective, like just could not grasp it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first sort of one that I want to ask is what advice do you have for any aspiring authors? Oh, so I always like to bring up the best piece of advice that I ever got, um, which is I got, I got this from um, an author, the author who taught the science fiction and fantasy course. Um, her name is Nancy Kress. She's a fairly well-known sci-fi um, author. Um, I didn't know who she was at the time. Uh, so it was very much one of those funny things where you're walking into a class and you're like, oh, I didn't, you, you sort of figure out six months down the line that this author is actually quite popular. <laughs> and um, so the best piece of advice that she always ever gave was to just not give up because she had said that she saw um, sort of, uh, you know, very, very talented writers just give up because they weren't getting the results they wanted, but they had so much talent. And then at the same time, she said she saw writers who, whose natural talent wasn't 
as strong, but because they always, they never gave up and just kept working at it, they, they you know, became successful. Um, so that's always my piece of advice. Like, you know, there's always more to learn. You know, you can go back and, you know, I can go back and read the stuff I wrote 10, 15 years ago and just like cringe. <laughs> and um, I'm sure in 10, 15, 10 or 15 years, I'm gonna go back and look at stuff I'm writing now and cringe. So there's always, it's like anything, the more you do it, the more practice you get, the better you're gonna get at it. Um, and to sort of, uh, to tie into that, another good thing is to just find people who you can kind of work with as like um, critique partners or people, people who can mentor you and things. Because if you can find the person who really, or the people who really help you improve your own work, like that's also just an amazing thing to have. Because there's always gonna be like sort of places where you can improve on and to find the people who can really catch those pages and say, oh, you know what, this is great. But like, if you just did this a little bit more, um, that just like helps you, 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 re you remember that for the next time and you just, and you're, everything you do ends up getting um, better and better over time. Very cool. Sorry, I didn't know <laughs> how to like segue into the next question because that one was kind of a bit different than the other ones. Um, yeah, back to Gunslinger Girl. It's a very like big sort of universe with a lot of different characters, lots of intriguing characters. And I know in the paperback edition, there was like um, a little bonus chapter about Celine, I think. Yeah, there's and, a story about Celine. Um, and if you did some sort of other book or novella or just you know whatever set in the universe who who else would you like write one about if given the opportunity oh that's a really good question um oh now I have to think about that <laughs> I hate that I like I hate the, that I have like a whole idea for a sequel almost planned out and and so and, and to some extent the sequel was going to tell some background story for some of the characters that are in the first book. Um, so I won't spoil that, but um, maybe, maybe Max, I feel like there's some room to sort of see what happened to him to get him where he was. Um, and also maybe um, Sienna Bond, but I'm not sure that would work in YA because she was the adult bounty hunter and I just love, I just love adult bounty hunter characters and um, it would be fun to kind of write more about what she's been doing over the years um because she was a really fun character to write and I, i'm just a sucker for um tough old lady uh <laughs> like bounty hunters and uh um, and the sort <laughs> yeah that would be very cool even you know if it was like an adult fiction or what whatever you know it's up it's pretty much up to you at the end of the day but you yeah. know either way <laughs> That, that would be really interesting. I remember thinking like, wow, she's very cool. I, you know, cool bounty hunter characters are always awesome. Sorry. And these podcasts, I always just end up rambling and everyone is like, oh, you can, you can stop talking now, Hanora. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we come down to the final written question we had, unless anyone else has any thing they've been thinking about or maybe wants to ask no okay um 
Oh, okay. I had yeah. one last question that I thought of, and I was just kind of wondering, because you mentioned possibly writing adult fiction, and I was wondering kind of how you decided when you were first writing to write YA and why you chose like that genre to write versus like adult or even like middle grade. Yeah, um, I, I wish I could remember the real reason for this. I mean, one, I just always love coming of age stories. I feel like those are always those are always like just, it doesn't matter how old you get. Everybody remembers that sort of like time in your life where you're like you are trying to come into yourself. And I feel like fiction does a great job of letting us sort of like relive those moments or sort of like relive that concept. So, um, and that's really one of like the, like the core tenets of YA is that, that journey of um, sort of self-discovery and finding your place in the world and things like that. So I really love, love that in general. Um, and just a lot of my favorite books kind of fall under the YA sphere. Um, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, I reread and reread countless times when I was growing up. Um, uh, my favorite, my favorite uh, trilogy of, or not, no, it's not a trilogy, it's like 10 books now. But um, originally this was a trilogy when I was a kid. Um, the, it's called the Young, Weir Young Wizard series, but the first book is So You Want to Be a Wizard by Diane Duane. And um, then Deep Wizardry and High Wizardry were the two sequels that were out when I was a kid. Um, and they were basically like my Harry Potter long before Harry Potter existed. Um, so just that love of, um, you know, young books, um, you know, with like young protagonists finding things like magic or other worlds or things like that. Like I'm like, I'm never going to stop loving that. You know, that's just always such a great thing. And so I, that's why I kind of really like to write in the YA space. Um, but like I said, like there's also like the middle grade, like I'd love to do some middle grade stuff. I'd love to do some adult stuff. And, and every sort of age group kind of lets you do some things that you can't do in the others. So like, it's just fun to maybe get to write in all of them someday. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I love the, uh, so you want to be a withered book. I read that when I was about in sixth grade and I loved that book so much, but um, I'm sorry, I have one more question. So um, if that's okay, but um, I was just really interested. Would you, do you think you've ever thought about um, doing a different genre than science fiction and fantasy? Cause like that was, you know, you said that was the class that you took and that's clearly where a lot of your interests lie, but have you ever thought about doing a different genre? Yeah, um, I actually have um, one of, one of the, the books that I kind of started writing and haven't really gone uh, too far on um, was a was a is actually a contemporary YA. Um, it is very geeky. There's like a bunch of geeky elements in it, but it is a contemporary. There's no science fiction or fantasy in it. Um, but yeah, that was one of those the books through the pandemic that it was a little bit. It was a very I think it's going to be an emotionally charged book when I write it, and I just couldn't do it during the pandemic. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put this off to the side, and I'll come back to it in the future. Um, other than that, like I sometimes think about it, and then. I try to come up with something that doesn't have like magic or like people with swords in it. And it's really hard. <laughs> like, I just, I'm not sure if I can do it. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, unless any, does anyone else have any other questions thinking of on the spot? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so our podcast is called On the Shelf. And whenever we 
do one of these interviews and also like a running segment in the show is we go around and talk about what we're reading. So we have to ask you, what's a book on your shelf that you've been reading recently or just a book you enjoyed recently? Yeah. Oh, this isn't super recent, but my go-to recommendation for the past like couple of years now has been Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth, um, which is not YA, but uh, is just like kind of wonderful, gothy, dark science fiction. Um, but in the YA space, um, I, I fairly recently read, um, finally, after having this book for ages and like being like, I have to read this one, I have to read this one, um, Not Even Bones by, Re by Rebecca Schaefer, which I really loved because it, um, it has, a, it, it's, a, it's both sort of dark and light at the same time. It has this uh, protagonist who's a really sort of impressive mix of being sort of like a gentle, shy cinnamon roll type character and also kind of an amoral monster because she basically dissects monsters and sells their body parts on the black market. And I'm just, it, it, it just very much appealed to me. That sort of like weird dichotomy appealed to me. And I thought she did a really nice job with it. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, and maybe on the lighter side, but still sort of a little bit dark. Um, I've also recently read uh, Jennifer Strange by Kat Scully, um, which is like kind of a really fun Southern Gothic horror book that has a, like a bit of a Buffy vibe. So like another really fun, fun read for people. Awesome. Well, we loved having you. Um, we all loved Gunslinger Girl, those of us that um, managed to read it in time. Um, yeah, trying to figure out a way to wrap this up. Um, well, thanks so much yeah. for having me. I had a really great time talking with y'all. <laughs> yeah, Th this was a lot of fun. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. I was just going to make sure everyone knows who's listening that you can definitely get Gunslinger Girl and Deadlock Rebels on Quail Ridge's website. And I'll also like add some links to learn more about Lindsay Ely so that you can check out her books. If you haven't read them, you definitely should. They're amazing. And that you can get them from Quail Ridge. I'll put that link there too if you guys are interested. And yeah and oh oh I'm sorry. no go ahead I know. okay <laughs> um yeah also Lindsay if um if you'd ever like to hang out with us again talk about any of your books any point in the future we'd love to have you um definitely Quail Ridge was, was my favorite stop on my, my on my tour for Gunslinger Girl and I, I I would love to come make it back down to to North Carolina someday again to to shop to stop into the store and shop again <laughs> Yeah, that was actually, um, that was the first Quail Ridge event I went to, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, that was a event. <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you so much, Lindsay Ely, for joining us, and thank you all for listening to this episode. Hopefully you liked it. It was so much fun to talk with you and meet you and also see your cat. That's <laughs> very cute, <laughs> and we cannot yeah. wait. We cannot wait to read Rebel or Deadlock Rebels and learn more about that. And yes, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks. Yeah. And Nico says thanks too. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Nico. All right. Bye, everyone. For more Teen Advisory Board on the shelf or anything and everything books, visit us at our Instagram and Twitter at QRBTeen. And for more books to add to your shelves, stop by Quailridge Books in Raleigh or check out www.quailridgebooks.com.